This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. everybody this is hondo carpenter from sports illustrated's fan nation las vegas raiders insider podcast here at allegiant stadium now obviously behind me is a green screen but what you see right there is exactly what i'm looking at right now in front of me just a little probably six six inch piece of glass between me and the field and you're going to hear some people around me working because this is a working press box but it's time to really completely recap the game what we saw what happened I said it last week, I said it in Denver, and I will say it again tonight. There is never a reason to apologize in the National Football League for a win, period. Now, this was not pretty. It was ugly, and it continued to reveal what's going to be some very painful parts of the Las Vegas Raiders 2023 season if it doesn't get fixed. And we're going to get to those in a minute. <clears throat> but the first thing is they found a way to win and they're at 500. Now being accountable, which I do every week, I predicted the Raiders to finish the season nine and eight. If Jimmy Garoppolo is healthy all year, he's not been, he went out at halftime at this game. He has not been good this season. Um, And Brian Hoyer came in and, and quite frankly, I, while he didn't set the world on fire and I'm not saying that he did, was better than Jimmy, but the Raiders found a way to win. The offense couldn't get to 20 points, but the defense got a safety. So the offense, after six games, still hasn't gotten this team to 20 points. But with the help of the defense, they did. So the Raiders now are at least they're at 21. Good for them, I said. And the Raiders get the win. Now, I said that I predicted that the Raiders were going to win this one 24-17. Instead, they won it 21-17. Oh, excuse me. Yeah, twenty-one seventeen. And again, there are no apologies in the National Football League for winning a game. I saw a lot of people who were upset that said, man, I wish they would have lost for just prolonging Josh getting fired. That If you're going to root for your team to lose, that's certainly your prerogative and your perspective, but I'm not even going to address it. The National Football League is about winning once again. You saw a team that fought till the end. This is not a team that's quit. I think it's fair that they're, to tell you that they're questioning things, decisions that their coaches made. That's completely fair and legitimate and accurate. But nobody's quit on Josh. And they're fighting, they're scrapping, they're battling. And the Raiders continue to do that. Now, there are a lot of issues that you can talk about, but first let's start with the defense, which had another great performance. Now I'm not pretending that they were playing a Bills team. They were playing an anemic offense in the New England Patriots. So, but they did what you can only play the opponent that you have, and they did an excellent job. 
Um, you may have noticed if you follow along on social media that I've started calling them Patrick Grant Graham's band of Mar- uh, Patrick Graham's Mary Band of Misfits. Um, you can go back and watch the video I did with Amik. He loved it. Colton Miller thought it was great. And then even though it's not on the video privately, I was talking to Max Crosby after I did my interview. And uh, he laughed. He thought it was great. Now, the defensive line has called themselves the misfits. And and the reason I really call them that is not discrediting, but there's a lot of guys on this team that other teams didn't want. There were a lot of, a lot of guys that the Raiders got because they could afford them. And um, I thought it was fascinating. I thought it was just fascinating the way this defense, they're fun to watch. And even when they give up some plays, they just don't stop scratching, clawing, fighting. And it was a really good performance by the defense. I think if the Raiders had this defense last year, they would have won some of them close games. Now, let's not fool ourselves. I still think it's a 9-8 and team. Um, uh, If I would have known Jimmy was going to play like this, maybe I would have said 8-9. and nine. Brian Hoyer came in and did well. We know what Aiden O'Connell, he certainly is young, needs reps. But I think that everything is still here for a 9-8 and team. Um, so they won, and the defense played exceptionally well. And they got the stops when they needed the stops. They fight, they, 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 crawl, they, they just battled. Now, in fairness, I have not watched the film. So just to say, excuse me, I have not watched the film. So because I haven't watched the film, um, I reserve to change some of my judgments. I'm watching up here pretty high. But um, Adam Butler, to me, had a really good game. Max Crosby had a really good game. Amik Robertson just keeps doing what Amik does. You know, I I, I talked to you guys a lot after the final 53-man roster was out, why Amik made it. He's a scrapper. He's a ball hawk. His teammates love him. He's great in the locker room. Um, but a lot of guys. Now, I saw some plays again today where Marcus Peters, again, doesn't do anything when the ball's run at him or when it's a close, you know, he doesn't like physical contact. But he is what it is. This team inherited, Dave Ziegler inherited a team that had failed in so many draft picks. And so they needed to um, go sign a guy as a one-year stop gap and and that's what Marcus is but I do think he did make some good plays today I think there were several that he he whiffed on but I'm going to give him credit I thought he made some really good plays I thought Adam Butler again played really well I thought the defensive line um let me look at the exact figure because I want to be 100 percent accurate but um total net yards the Patriots had 259 the Raiders had 358 so again, you just again, I'm not pretending it's the Bills, but you just had an NFL football game that you held a team under 300 yards. That's a good job. Again, there's no apologies. I can't do anything about people who want the team to lose thinking XYZ is going to happen. But for those of you that are fans of your team, you want your team to win, your defense just held another NFL team to under 300 yards. It was a good win. Now, there are a lot of questions. And in the post-game press conference, some of them I didn't ask because, quite frankly, there are times that are appropriate to ask questions and times that are not. 
For example, if it's a question specific to the game, that's when I act, ask questions after a game. If it's not a question that's specific to one game, then I think it's you wait and I'll ask it in Monday or Wednesday at Josh's regular scheduled press conferences. That's just, you know, again, I'm not here to be a jerk. I'm not here to be an antagonizer. I'm just here to tell you and to present what I know and what I believe. Now, having said this, I'm going to have an article probably Wednesday or Thursday on the state of the franchise. I've talked to some people in the organization, in some teams that have already played the Raiders and some that are coming up on the schedule and got some really good insight. We're going to talk about why is the rushing game with Josh Jacobs not taking off. Now, the simple answer people would say is, well, Josh isn't healthy or Josh is rusty or the offensive line is terrible. That's what people say. But I'm going to the experts to find out, and I think you're going to be fascinated with some things that I've heard from people on other teams as well as people within the organization. Second of all, I think it's fair to ask, what's going on in the red zone? Now, there was a, a very big lack of urgency in the red zone by the Raiders that has pretty much been there all year. It's very disappointing. Now, prior to coming to Las Vegas, Josh McDaniels was universally lauded as one of the best red zone coaches in all the National Football League. That is factual. That is not factual as a head coach of the Las Vegas Raiders. Now, getting into why. First of all, and he will never admit this, but I know many people believe this. In Just leave it there. Many people believe this. He doesn't trust his offense. Doesn't trust it. Now, maybe it's not trusting a quarterback. Maybe it's not trusting a line. I don't think it's necessarily the line as much, but I do think it's a legitimate fact to just use the overwhelming or, or the over um, shrouding term of, I don't think he trusts his offense. Now you can say, and this would be legitimate. And I would say it, well, it's his offense. He spent $102 million in active contracts on that offense. He certainly did. Certainly did. Um, I want to look at a couple of things right here. Michael Mayer got involved today and that was just great to see. The Raiders needed him to finally get involved. And he did. So let's look at some figures today. Josh Jacobs ran for 77 yards. Good for him. Another, I thought that was a very good performance by him. Um, passing, Jimmy Garoppolo was 14 of 22. He had a rating of 82. But here's the problem. Raiders get the ball in the red zone six times. Okay, one time he throws a pick. So now he still has eight interceptions, seven touchdowns. You're six games into the season. He's only played in five, actually four and a half. And he's got more interceptions and touchdowns. It's a failure. So far, doesn't mean it can't be rectified. Doesn't mean it can't be fixed. But four and a half games in, and he should have been at six, but he's been injured, which they knew he was off injured when they signed him. He's eight and seven. That's not acceptable for quarterback making the money he's making with the commitment that the franchise has made. Now, in fairness, they made the commitment to him. They knew what they were getting. So I'm not letting anybody off the hook, but it is what it is. Um, 
He had a rating of 82. Brian Hoyer, 6 of 10. 94, actually 95 was his rating and uh, completed 60% of his passes. For 102 yards, Garoppolo had 162. Well, let's look at pass completions. Michael Mayer was targeted six times, caught five. Very good to see. Uh, Austin Hooper targeted twice, caught two. So you see eight plays designated for tight ends. It was great to see their, them. And clearly, let's give Josh credit there. That was important to them. Hunter Renfro um, had no targets and no completions. Now, I want to make something really clear. I am not letting it just go that Hunter's not involved. However, I'm going to get into the reasons, not tonight in this podcast, but probably later this week. It could be later this week. In fact, I expect it to be later this week when I do that article um, about the state of the franchise. Please don't miss that. It's going to be really in-depth. I'm taking you right in the building right into other teams' buildings, right into their game planning. Going to share a lot about why Hunter is not being utilized. Now, Devontae Adams, five targets, two catches. Now, this made some people mad. I don't care. It's not my job to be everybody's buddy. But I want to share this with you. A very successful NFL quarterback texted this to me during the game. And I tweeted it out, not to be a pot stirrer, but I wanted fans at home to see you're not the only ones noticing this. And this is what he said to me. He sent it to me uh, at 307. Is Devontae Adams on his way out of there? Question mark. He's not getting any touches. He's the best in the league. That's a legitimate. Now, that made some people mad. I'm okay with that. But it it's a question that everyone's asking. And now, <clears throat> in fairness to the Raiders, teams are double-teaming Devontae a lot, but not every play. And there were some plays where, for example, there was a play where Hoyer went to Jacoby in the corner. Devontae was wide open, and he walks out of the end zone like this, like, I got to back up. I think those are legitimate questions. And when you're Josh Jacobs, excuse me, Josh McDaniels, and you technically are the offensive coordinator, and you have the best receiver in the game two weeks in a row who's not a humongous factor. Yes, down the stretch against Green Bay, he did some stuff, but just not a humongous factor. You have heard me say, and I've told you not only do I believe this, but I've had other executives in the NFL tell me, your offense needs to be whenever Devontae's single coverage, whatever whatever the play is, you change it. Again, going to get into more on this on Wednesday. Now, do I think it's fair to say that Devontae is probably more injured than, than the Raiders are letting on? Absolutely. He left the locker room tonight without talking. You interpret that however you want. That said, I, if he's going to be out there and you're going to target him, then target him. Go after him. Now, Brian Hoyer gets in the game immediately right down the scene to Trey Tucker. I want to look at this real quick. He had two catches. 
for 57 yards, but that one from Hoyer was 48 yards, bam, and I believe it changed the game. All of a sudden now, the Patriots had to um, start taking Brian Hoyer's arm into consideration, and I believe it changed the game, and I believe at that point the momentum was with New England, and and I, I think that was a huge factor in this game, very huge factor in this game. So what's my complete road recap? A win is a win, and you never apologize. The Raiders are at 500 with a chance to go on the road. Justin Fields was in, injured today. We certainly don't ever wish injury on any player. I hope he's healthy. It helps that I know I know him a little bit, not a friend, <clears throat> but I know him from interactions I've had with him multiple times. He's a great kid. And even if I didn't like him, I wouldn't wish him to be injured, but I hope he gets back. I want the Raiders to play everybody at their best. But even if he's back in 100%, there's no doubt this is a game that the Raiders should win. And I believe will win to move to four and three. And then finally, thereafter, seven games where I thought they would be um, on track for a nine and eight record. <clears throat> I think there are legitimate questions about this team. I'm going to talk to Josh McDaniels about a couple of them this week because I think they're very fair. Now, again, if you want your coach to get up and apologize for a win, you need to pounce in. And I don't know what people want. I mean, he was very open. He was, hey, this wasn't a Picasso. And it wasn't. It was an ugly football game. But who gives a crap? Who gives a rat's butt if it's ugly? If you win. The motto of the Raiders is just win, baby. Not just win pretty. Not if you can't win pretty, lose pretty. What is that? No, it's just win. And they went out and won. I think it's absolutely germane to, to talk about play calling in the um, game, whether, and I know he won't, whether Josh will admit it or not, there isn't trust. Now, in fairness, a couple of weeks ago, I think it was after the Pittsburgh game, my colleague and friend Vic Taffer from The Athletic asked Josh about a lack of confidence, and he denied that, which is what you would expect him to do. So I'm not pretending, boy, look at Hondo's a genius and is saying this. No, other people say it, and I agree with them, that he's, whether or not, I've told you before, what a coach or player says on camera, you put little value in it. What they say on the field or off camera, you put a ton of value. And Josh is going to give all the right answers, but his actions speak. This is not a team attacking the end zone. Now, would I? Absolutely. But I'm not. I don't have the Super Bowl rings. I'm not qualified to be a head coach in the NFL. I'm giving you my cumulative knowledge of decades being around the game. I'm telling you what I'm hearing and talking to other people in the NFL, players and executives, that they all believe it says the same thing. Don't trust it. Okay. So the Raiders have issues. We all know that, but they're at 500. And guess what? It's easy to clean up issues and get better when you're winning. Confidence is bred in a winning environment. Now, I want to go back a couple weeks ago to the Pittsburgh game. When I told you it did not look like, okay, let's go back even farther. Do you remember during the Denver game, Jimmy throws a pick in the end zone, and I told you they came off the field different. It looked like, okay, we're coming back to win. 
Then in the Pittsburgh game, it didn't look like that. And I tweeted about that. Didn't look like the same team. There was no confidence. And I talked about they walked off the field, no confidence. Tonight, that was not the case. There was a there was a swagger, not an arrogance, and there is a difference. But there was a swagger. Okay, we're going to go win this, and and winning breeds that. Winning winning breeds guys. Hey, we're going to win this. I remember talking to um, someone who was on Nick Saban's staff at Alabama one time, and he said to me, "This is a paraphrase, but he said to me, one of our biggest advantages is." When our guys are struggling, they just expect to win. We win so much here that, that they don't ever think, okay, we're out of it. Winning does that. Winning has a way of creating confidence. And I, I think that you saw some of that tonight. This was a huge game. Now, I want to get into this for a minute. This was the biggest game of Josh McDaniels' head coaching career. And I want to tell you why. Now that the game's over, I'm going to get into a lot more on this. Josh could not afford to lose this game. The Patriots are terrible. The Raiders, Mark Davis, wanted them to come and build a foundation for success like the Patriots have had. I think we're all learning that Bill Belichick and Josh McDaniels owe a lot of their success to Tom Brady who I think every week we learn was even better than we thought, if that's possible. To have lost tonight to Bill Belichick and the Patriots, 23 games into his career, would have been devastating. I talked with um, three people within the organization that just told me, oh, he's got to have this game. I, I, the noise would have gotten so loud. And I don't, you know, I, I just thought it was the biggest game. And, and I think they're going to go to Chicago and win next week. And if they go to Chicago and win, I'm going to tell you right now, I'm still going to say this was the biggest win of his head coaching career. He had to get his nostrils above water. Now they got a lot of tough games coming up. I expect him to lose at Detroit, which would take him to four and four. But with a chance to beat the Jets and Giants, they think, you know, boom, you could be six and four. But what matters is, is these six games that I said were the most crucial and going to tell us everything we need to know about Josh. He's two and oh, he's just winning again. Not pretty. But I don't remember at his con press conference when he got hired and I was there. Mark Davis said he was hired to win pretty. He just said he was hired to win. So. How would I look at this game? I think the special teams, again, was outstanding. Again, was outstanding. Um, I want to look at something real quick that I – okay, so extra points. They were one of one, field goals four of four. The punting was amazing. I give A-plus to special teams, A-plus. Tremendous. Great job to special teams. Defense, I mean, you just helped an NFL team to 17 points. Were you pretty? No, but you did. I give them a solid A-. minus. Kept the team under 20 points. Offense, <clears throat> you only got to 19. I'm going to give them a D plus. And when you have $102 million in active contracts on your offense, getting a D plus. It's not acceptable. 
Now, doesn't minimize the win, but we're talking about the long-term viability. Now, let's get into this next part because this is super important. It's not one of the things that maybe fans, because the term fan comes from fanatic, don't understand is you want your team peaking at the end of the year. Now, I'm not a Kool-Aid salesman. The first 20 games of Josh McDaniel's career, I got accused about that a lot, but I believe he deserved the year to get to know what he had, bring in some guys in, and then as they started to play, evaluate. I think that was fair, which is all I'm required to do. That said, we're now past that 20 games. Uh, and you have to remember, teams want to peak. So, let me give you the things to be excited about. Let me give you the things to be concerned about. First of all, to be excited, I'm going to give you three big things, three big ones. Number one, this team is still fighting. That's Now, again, some of you can choose not to believe. That's fine. I'm in the locker room. I'm talking to the players on and off the record. I'm, I'm here. I would tell you if I thought he had lost the locker room, not even close. I don't think they're blindly following him either. But I know they like his preparation. I know they like his game plans. I know they like the teaching. So there's encouraging is they're not playing well. They haven't played their best football, but they haven't quit. And there's a lot of time to improve. Number one. Second thing to be encouraged about. There are still a ton of weapons on this football team. Michael Mayer getting involved is big. You saw Trey Tucker with, with Brian Hoyer getting involved. I think there are still a ton of weapons offensively, and you can look at that offense and say they should be performing better. So that allows you to have room for optimism. It's not like you're asking them to be what they don't have the talent to do. Third thing is your defense is playing super scrappy, aggressive, super aggressive, and they're attacking. And remember, attacking defenses are going to make some mistakes. But the fact that they keep attacking keeps them in a ball game. And I guess I said I would give you three. I'm going to give you a fourth. I, I think the Raiders have the best special teams in the National Football League. And as long as you have that, that's going to help you in games where your offense and defense is competitive. Now, you play the Buffalo Bills and your offense is uncompetitive and your defense can't stop anybody. It doesn't matter how good your special teams are. It doesn't matter. But your, your special teams is the best in the National Football League. Now, let's flip the script and go over because this is a complete recap. What are the three biggest areas of concern? Number one, uh, and I think this is a huge one, there is no downfield attacking, and it's killing the offense. I'm going to get more into it this week, but it's just killing it. Number one. Number two, I don't think your head coach has confidence in your offense. That's a great concern. And the third biggest reason for this is, is dual, and let me explain. I, you have not invested a ton of money into Patrick Graham's band of uh, Merry Misfits or Merry Band of Misfits. And by the way, Max loved it. I already told, I think I already told you this, but Amik loved it. And, and that's really what they are. This is a team with one superstar and a bunch of role players. A bunch of role players. That said, there's going to be some really good teams on this roster that you just cannot expect this defense to hold <laughs> to under 20 points. 
This defense isn't built to do that. It isn't good enough to do that. But they're getting all the blood out of the turnover. So you have to be concerned because your offense is going to have to score points to win important games down the road. And they're not doing it. So it's not that the defense is a failure. They are what we know they are. And they're getting more out of themselves. Can you imagine if we were sitting here talking about the Raiders offense at $102 million getting more out of themselves than what the Raiders paid? If that was the case, the Raiders would be 6-0 and right now. They're not. And they're not because of their offense. So that's the big number one concern is your, excuse me, number one, no ability to stretch the field because Josh's confidence. And number two is you don't have a defense that can carry you all season. There's some teams that are prolific point scores. Third biggest concern that I think you should have as a Raider. And it goes back to the deep ball, but it's the third point. Teams are not having to game plan for a deep ball. And so Josh Josh Jacobs is getting 77 yards and getting 68 last week. And everybody is bemoaning the offensive line. And while I don't think the offensive line is great, and I don't, I don't believe they're as bad as they look simply because teams are loading the box. You got five on seven. Six on eight. I mean, your offense has to help your defense. And that's not happening. And in the offense, because you can't stretch the field, now teams are loading the box. And it's it's almost it's not impossible, but almost impossible to get a running game going. You saw this game flip tonight with one throw for 45 yards or 48 yards, something like that, from Brian Hoyer to Trey Tucker. And the rest of the game, you saw New England have to have to adjust. So there you go. That's my recap. I'm going to watch film. Obviously, I'll be at the press conference tomorrow with a you know with some questions. I have some more later this week. Going to talk to players again. I think my article is coming Wednesday. It may come Thursday. I'll let you know later on in the week if it's going to publish at noon Eastern on Wednesday or Thursday. But it's going to be a, a very intriguing article. Going to give you a ton of inside information. So from here at uh, Allegiant Stadium, I'm Hondo Carpenter from Sports Illustrated's uh, Fan Nation, Las Vegas Raiders Insider Podcast, part of the Fans First Sports Network, reminding you, your Raiders are three and three. They just won. They're at 500. Never complain about a win. So Raider Nation, go out, do however you celebrate. Have yourselves a good time. We'll see you back here tomorrow. And as always, hit the subscription button if you would. Follow us. Get in there, dig in, help us. Remember, we're always 100% free. Today alone, today alone, we're going to have somewhere around 15 to 18 pieces of original content. Never pay someone else for what we're giving you for free. Subscribe, please. Thank you. Without you, we're not able to do this. We don't take you, the fan, for granted. You're the reason we get to do what we do. We appreciate you. Have a great night. Enjoy this win, Raider Nation. God bless you. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo Concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for 
happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. This has been a Las Vegas Raiders Insider production on the Fans First Sports Network.